Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to complete the study of the first chapter of Zechariah. So we are doing Zechariah chapter 1b. Uh, last, um, in the last podcast, we introduced this incredibly beautiful and wonderful um, prophet, Zechariah, and we studied his first prophecy. That was the first half of the chapter. Uh, in that chapter, uh, I mentioned a few things uh, in, as an introduction. And one of them was, I quoted the Ebenezer, who states that the, along with all the other commentaries, you discuss how difficult it is to understand and interpret the meaning behind all of Zechariah's prophecies. They seem to be very difficult to understand. They kind of dreamy, well, they actually did occur in dreams, but very dreamy sort of images. And, and despite the explanations that are given within the text itself by Zechariah the Navi himself, who himself didn't understand the meanings, and he asked to ask an angel, we still don't seem to understand even when he asked angels to explain to him what he was seeing. But the images used, the Ebenezer stated, fascinatingly, that if only we had access to history, if only we had access to a book that described to us what the times were like in those days, and, and so on, we might be able to at least get a beginning of an understanding of what these mean. And I mentioned to you that fortunately, nowadays, we actually do have access to a lot of the history that the Ebenezer only dreamed and wished we had. Now we have historical archives from the Persian kings, we have archaeological excavations, we have uh, inscriptions and, 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 and engravings and drawings and all kinds of archaeological finds and so on that have shed light upon this time period of the early Bayacheni, the early building of the Second Temple. And these things especially help us understand the Persian Empire. And as we read this Zechariah 1b, the second half, we're, go we're about to read one of these very difficult to understand and interpret visions. So the, prof the commentaries over the generations have tried to interpret what this means and what he was seeing and, and, and what these images are. And there are many, many, many different explanations. However, I'm going to say that um, you can, you can be, uh, you're welcome, of course, to look through the commentaries and see what these explanations are. And each one is interesting and beautiful in its own way. And of course, as we say, the Torah is like a hammer against a rock that smashes into many, many different pieces. There's many legitimate ways for us to understand um, the Torah. However, I am going to use an interpretation which I saw in a book by Chaim Angel, who is a biblical scholar who wrote a book in the uh, Magid Press uh, on Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Um, and he wrote uh, a, a book about it. And he quotes from some scholars in there uh, the following historical data uh, which will help us understand what the vision we're about to read is. Um, actually, I'll get to it in a minute as I approach that text. And so let's first start. I'm at verse 7, um, and Zechariah is going to date this text. And it's, the date is somewhat important, so pay attention to the date. On the 24th day, in the 11th month of the year, which is the month that we now know as the Hebrew month of Shavat. Shavat, we know, <coughs> is... Um, is uh, 
is two months after Kislev, right? Kislev is the month which we studied before in Chagai. In this very same year, we learned that on the 25th day of Kislev, and we see this in, in the book of Ezra as well, was the day of the, 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 the uh, construction, the building, the dedication of the second temple. So the, at the time that Zechariah is stating this prophecy, the second temple is already up and functioning now for about two months. And it was Bishnat Shnayim Ludaryavesh in the second year of the reign of Darius the first. Um, who, so this is dated to exactly the time that I just described. So, um, so here we have the temple is just beginning to function. Things are just beginning to move in terms of the temple. But the people are still living in this um, situation where, where they're completely under the thumb and under the, the rulership of the vast and mighty Persian Empire. Everything they see about them is this vast and mighty Persian Empire. The Jewish kingdom is tiny. The temple itself is tiny. It's a, a ramshackle temple, hodgepodge of some stones and bricks and stuff put together real quick. Well, not really bricks, but stones and and uh, and you know it's nothing at all what they imagined. None of the the if we remember what we just studied together in Haggai, where God promised, "I'm going to shake up the world. I'm going to shake up the nations." Um, we, uh, and I'm going to uh, bring about this, and this is going to be the center of, of religious attention for the entire world. All the nations are going to come here. They're going to donate. They're going to worship. Everything, you know, all the visions that Haggai had hinted towards, the visions of Isaiah, of Ishayahu, all of these things are not happening. All they feel is, is that we're struggling here. We're trying to build something. We're trying to build a temple to God, but we see, all we are is under the thumb of the Persians. This is really important. Keep that in mind as we read verse 8 because now we're going to understand the vision. Well, I'm still actually finishing verse 7. Adonai, the word of God came El Zechariah ben Berachyoh ben Ido Hanavi to Zechariah, the son of Berachyoh, the son of Ido, the prophet Lamar, as follows. This was the vision that I saw. I saw tonight, during the night, in other words, the night presumably preceding the day, uh, so that remember that in the Hebrew calendar the night begins the night before so this is the 24th day of the month of Shabbat and behold there was a man who was riding on a red horse Adom generally translates as red um, uh, so a reddish colored horse he was riding and he was standing it's questionable. Remember, this is a dream. So it could be that he was riding and then all of a sudden he was standing. Or it could mean that he, meaning he, the unit, him and the horse, were standing. Bein ha'hadasim, among the myrtle branches, asher ba'metzula, that were in the swamp, in the marsh. The hadasim are a very thick, growing, green uh, bush. And he was standing, like hiding among the bushes. V'yacharav, and behind him, susim adumim, there were more horses. These horses were red, surukim, they were also speckled or spotted or splotched of colors, ulevanim, and also white. I've seen various uh, translations, but the bottom line is there were horses of various colors. So he sees this image of a man riding a horse who is amongst the bushes in the swamps, and behind him are a lot of horses. What does this image mean? There's three different colored horses, and then there's this man riding the horse. Again, remember I told you that it, among, the pro, among the commentaries, you'll see many, many different explanations as to what these represent. 
However, I'm going to tell you from historical purposes, and this is what I would venture to say the Evan Ezra would have said had he had access to this information. And of course, there's no way to actually know that, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, and that is, is that we know that the might of the Persian kingdom was held together by a network of spies. This is a historical fact that we now know. And the way these spies worked is they were famous for riding horses, fast, fast horses that they were able to ride from the capital and spy on the, the towns and cities and governments that were under the thumb of the Persian Empire. And these messengers would ride these horses and hide among the marshes and observe the cities and see who's coming, who's going, what's happening. And then they would quickly ride back to the capital and bring the news back. The main thing Persia, of course, was worried about was, are, is, there, is there some sort of uh, a potential mutiny afoot? Is there somebody who wants to take charge and fight against the Persian Empire and so on? This image of the horses hiding in the bushes is it's, it's almost certainly the image that the people are afraid of. The people know that the Persians are so, they're, they're so dominant. I look and I see a man riding on a red horse. Red is the symbol of blood. And we've seen through so many of the prophets, a sus adom, a red horse, is a horse of war. The ish rochev, the man riding on this horse, is the man who is represents the Persian Empire, the Persian Empire, the powerful Persian Empire that through war, through their soldiers, were able to keep, to keep their subjects under control. And behind them were all the horses that were running and maintaining the power. This is a, the rough equivalent of the KGB of the Persian Empire. There were all their horses hiding amongst the Hadassim, hiding amongst the bushes, spying on the people. But Omar, and I said, Mo'ila'aduni, what are these? What are all these horses, Aduni, my master? It's un, it seems to be that he is speaking to the man on the horse. But then somebody else answered. And, and this is questionable. A lot of people are not sure whether this someone else is a different person or this someone else, someone else is, a, is the actual same person. But it seems like it's another person. I said, what is this, my master? But then who spoke to me? Someone else. Vayomre Eli HaMalach there was a malach, an angel that spoke to me, who he told me, Ani I will show you what all of these horses are. Don't ask him, the guy on the horse. But ask, I'm going to tell you, I will make sure I show you. However, then, the man on the horse, this is verse 10, the man, man on the horse overheard our conversation and he said, Vayan ha'isho the man who was standing in the bushes, not the angel that explains me the dream, but the man that I visioned and I saw him standing in the bushes, either sitting on his horse, standing still, or standing next to his horse. Vayomar, and he said, Eile, these horses, asher These are the horses that God has sent to go around and spy upon the land. To go around and enforce the might of the Persian Empire. This man was representing the Persian Empire saying, God has put us in charge. God has made us the ones who are going to come around and check and make sure you guys are behaving. Make sure there's quiet. Make sure there's no rebellion afoot. Make sure that you're not about to go and declare a king of Judea and start building this grand empire that you want to build. Or an empire is probably not the right word. This grand kingdom. Vaya'anu. And then they, Vaya'anu. Then they answered at Malach Adonai the angel of God, Omeid bin Ha'adasim. 
Now, who is they? This is really difficult. Who is this that is answering the angel of God who was standing among the Hadassim? So now, Zechariah is referring to that man who just said, I am the messenger of God representing the Persian Empire. I am here to spy on you and to spy on everyone to make sure to enforce the power of the, of the empire. They, meaning they, the horses, the horses that were following them, answered Malach Adonai. Possibly there appeared to, in the dream riders on those horses who spoke, or it could even be in, this, in the dream, the horses themselves that are part of the spy network answered the man, the man who was leading them. And they said, Vayomru, and they answered him, Hisalach Nubares. We, the horses, have done our mission. We have went around. We've spied out in the entire land. And the entire land is quiet. The entire land is tranquil. Don't worry. The Persian Empire is fine and strong. No one is rebelling. Now remember, that is not what the people wanted. If we remember back in Haggai, um, at the same time, uh, the, 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 God promised us that he was going to be Marisha Taaretz. He was going to strike down these kingdoms. Rashi, uh, the Haggai said in chapter 2, verse 6, I am going to shake up all of those nations. Verse before, I am going to shake up the heavens and the earth. Where is all that shaking? The people are wondering what is going on. Where is all that shaking? God was supposed to rescue us. God was supposed to set us up independence. And, and here they are, all the spies of the Persian Empire returning their report. Don't worry, Persia. Everybody's quiet. Everybody's calm. You got control. So Vayan Malach So then the, um, the angel of God, presumably this is the angel who speaks to, to Zechariah, the angel who interprets to Zechariah, Vayomar, and he said, Adonai Tzvaos, God the Lord of hosts, Admosai Atolot Rachemet Yerushalayim, how long will it be that you still don't have mercy on Jerusalem? Why is it that the land is Yosheves Vishokates when just Haggai, just very recently, remember Haggai was speaking these same words virtually just a month or two before? Why are you not having mercy on Jerusalem? Why is it? Why are we quiet? Why can we not rebel against the uh, against the Persian Empire? Why cannot we set our own independent nation up? Why is it that everything is quiet? Yehuda on the cities of Judah. Why don't you have mercy on them? Asher Zoamta, you've been angry at us. for seventy years. You've been angry and upset with us. When will it be over? When will you allow us to reestablish our kingdom? When will you allow us to be independent? Why do we have to be subservient to Persia? Vayan Adonai, and then God in the dream answered at Tamalacha Doverbi. This clearly demonstrates that the one who said that statement, the one who turned to God in prayer in the dream, was the Malach, was the angel himself, because it says again, God answered at Tamalacha Doverbi, that Malach who was talking to me. So now we're no longer talking about the guy riding on the horse or the horses themselves or other riders that might have been on the horses. We're talking about a dialogue between God the angel who was interpreting the vision and Zechariah Hamnavi himself who was watching this, this, this dialogue and hearing this dialogue. So God answers that Malach, the Malach who talked to me, Dvarim Tovim, he answered him wonderful words, good words, Dvarim Nichumim, words of comfort. And he told me, Vayomer Eli. And he told to me, after God spoke to the angel words of comfort, the angel then relayed God's message to me. And he told me, Kira Mar. 
I want you to call out as follows to all of the Jewish people. I want you to tell them, This is the message of God, the Lord of hosts. I have had kina for Yerushalayim. I have had anger for Jerusalem. There's several ways this can be interpreted, and the, and the interpreters variously interpret this. Some say, I have jealous for Jerusalem. In other words, I will take revenge for Jerusalem. Or it could also mean, I have taken revenge for Jerusalem by punishing Jerusalem in the past. And for Zion, it was a tremendous kinah. I'm going to go with the second one, that this is a bad thing, not a good thing, because of the context. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to go, I apologize. Uh, there's various ways to read this. I'm going to go with the commentaries that say that Kinesi Yerushalayim, I, have taken, I will take revenge for Jerusalem. I will take revenge for Zion. A great revenge. The Ketzef Gadol, verse 15, and a tremendous anger on Nikotzev, I am angry, al Hagoyim Hasha'ananim, on those nations that are at peace. You just talked about those nations that are all at peace. The Persian Empire, which is Sha'anan, which is all at peace. Not for long, God says, I am going to take out the anger. Because yes, it's true. I was angry at the Jewish people. I did want them to be punished. But they took it so much farther than I asked them to. For those of you that have been studying Isaiah and Jeremiah with me, on many occasions we saw how Isaiah said, God may have made Assyria, that was the example then, it was earlier in history when Assyria was the powerful empire. But God made Assyria his hand, gave them the permission to punish, but they went and took it way past what they were supposed to. Yes, God allows Persia to be the, in charge, but they're the punished, the, 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 the suffering and the oppression that they put upon the people is way more than, um, uh, than what is supposed to happen, way more. So they deserve to, uh, my anger and my wrath. Lachain, therefore, says God, so says God, Shavti Barachamim, I have returned to Jerusalem in mercy. My house shall be built there. The language is perfectly chosen by the prophet. My house shall be built. Not by me, God's, but shall be built by you, the people. In Jerusalem, in Jerusalem. Because like we studied in Haggai and like we saw so far in Zechariah, God is not making this massive miracle and bringing down this great building from heaven and all kinds of, of fireworks and star, and starbursts and God and who knows what. But rather God's saying, Ye banesh shall be built by the people. It's a humble house, but it's my house and you're building it. No, this is what God says. And the kavinotal you shall I am. And architectures, uh, the measuring lines, measuring out for more buildings and more houses and more places and more markets and more streets. All of that is going to be stretched over the entire Jerusalem because Jerusalem is going to be rebuilt, God says. That's what we're doing now. Ode Kiral Leimor. And then the angel told me, and I also want you to go call out to the people as follows. Ko So says the Lord God, the God of hosts. Ode Tifutsena Araimi Tov. Furthermore, my towns shall spread out from so much good and so much bounty. My cities, the cities of Judea, the cities of Israel are going to spread out and explode with goodness. They are going to spread out from themselves with goodness that is going to pour over the world. 
and God will further have more mercy on Zion. He will yet choose Jerusalem as his capital city. God will yet choose it. In other words, yes, he chose it before in the time of the first temple, and he will choose it again, and he will make it his place in the second temple period as well. So don't be afraid of the Persian Empire and their KGB, their horses and their spy system, and the thumb of oppression that is upon you because I will yet choose, I will yet allow Jerusalem to be rebuilt. Thank you so much for studying Zechariah chapter 1. Looking forward to studying Zechariah chapter 2, and of course the rest of this beautiful book together.